I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, the Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys? Well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up. Because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bear of Texas, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This evening, I am flying solo as my good friend, Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, remains inactive due to unknown reasons. I only pray that everything's okay with him, that he comes back very soon, We miss him very, very much. But nonetheless, the show must go on because that's what Wiley would want me to do. He would just want me to keep it going. So here I am. Ladies and gentlemen, this week the Dallas Cowboys have a very important game. They are traveling up to Seattle to take on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Personally, this is definitely a game I am nervous about because I know that Seattle is not the happiest place for the Dallas Cowboys. When it comes to the Cowboys playing in Seattle, what always comes to mind to most Cowboys fans is the unfortunate moment with Tony Romo. I really do not want to go into the deep details, but I know that most Cowboys fans here know exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm going to be very honest. I feel like an asshole for bringing it up. So for that, I apologize. But I do have to mention the fact that Seattle is not the best place for the Cowboys because they don't often do very well. You want to mention 2014? Well, that was pure luck, and this is no longer 2014. This is 2020. Now, Seattle is 2-0, granted. However, does Dallas have a chance of winning? Well, I'm going to surprise a lot of people by saying this, but yes, they do. But before I go too deep into that, I need to talk a little bit more about Dallas' win against Atlanta. Now, last week I did recap that game with my good friend and former Marine, James Holder. And we told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now... Granted, the Cowboys can very well be 0-2. And it's due to a miracle, an absolute miracle, that they are not. But we have to give the Cowboys credit because the Cowboys had the chance to come back and win, and they took it. Because a lot of times when the Cowboys have all these chances, 
they do not take it. So that's what I want to talk about, a chance. That's what I want to talk about this game against the Falcons. What I want to talk about is a chance. So this week, the Cowboys do have a chance to win, which begs the question, will they take that chance? Well, I hope so. Because believe it or not, folks, even though I'm objective, I'm a professional sports writer, I'm known to be I'm known for being my professional objectivity, I really do not want to have to talk about the Cowboys in a negative way. I prefer it to be positive because I'm all about being positive. Negativity hurts everybody and it sure as hell hurts me. So let's get right to it. The Cowboys versus the Seahawks. Well, first things first, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He's a tough, tough quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. Any defense that makes mistakes around him, he will make you pay for it. Last week, in Seattle's win against New England, Russell Wilson, 21 for 28, 288 yards, 5 touchdowns, 1 interception. Just like I said, Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson. But let's take a moment and look at some of these stats. And speaking of Russell Wilson, going to this week, fifth offensive leader in passing with a total of 610 passing yards. Dak Prescott is number three, 716, just a, just a few yards away from being number one. Josh Allen currently number one with 729. Well, look at that, folks. A 13-yard difference is the only difference right there. If Dak Prescott is lucky, maybe at the end of at the end of this week, he could be the number one passer in the league. However, that remains to be seen, but it can very well happen, and here's why. I am taking a look at the total defense stats right now in the National Football League. And believe it or not, folks, the Seattle Seahawks are at the bottom because from what I'm reading, they allow an average of 485 of total yards per game. But wait, it even gets better. As far as passing yards per game, they are also at the bottom, allowing an average of 416 yards. So you know what, folks? Having said that, I'm going to lay out a few predictions. Prediction number one. Dak Prescott's going to throw for 450 yards, have three touchdowns. Prediction number two is that Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb will each have at least 100 yards receiving and will at least each score a touchdown. I'm finally going to go with it. C.D. Lamb scores his first career touchdown. As ballsy as it is, it's realistic, so I'm going to stick to that. Now... What we have to talk about, too, is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I'm looking at the rushing yards per game. Now, Seattle's defense is quite good with the running game because their allowing of an average of 70 yards on the ground per game puts them second in the league right under the Pittsburgh Steelers. So while the Seahawks' secondary is not good with the passing game, 
the running game defense is effective. And if Zeke Elliott cannot plow through and the Cowboys are forced into a situation where they have to throw more than run, it's going to be quite complicated. But let's think of it like this, folks. If Dak Prescott can torch the Seahawks defense and exhaust it, Zeke Elliott can run the ball around effectively to further exhaust the Seahawks defense. And most of all, folks, if the Cowboys are already winning, he can drain the clock and seal the deal. So the Cowboys have to have a game plan. And they can only pray that it's not only effective, but it ultimately works. A game plan that is not effective and doesn't work, as we know, turns out to be absolutely useless. So, Zeke Elliott is going to have to have at least 100 yards for the Cowboys defense to have a chance. Excuse me, for the, for the Cowboys uh, running game to have a chance of helping win the game. So Zeke needs to be hungry, folks. And that's a fact. Now I have to talk about the Cowboys defense. Well, it's been quite a problem so far this season, hasn't it? I believe, if I am correct, only two quarterback sacks so far and one interception. You know, Wiley said this last week. And he makes a great point out of it every time he brings up the miscues of the Dallas Cowboys defense. How long has it been since Dallas has had an effective and convincing defense? Maybe 10 years? I don't know. That's what's worrisome when it comes to Cowboys football nowadays. It's the defense. It's been plaguing the Cowboys for so many years. What I'm getting, getting to, folks, is that if this Cowboys defense doesn't have it together, Russell Wilson's going to make him pay for it. Because what did I say earlier? Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, a quarterback that will take advantage of any defense who makes the simple mistake of underestimating him and has no way to put him under pressure to make him in a position of being uncomfortable. The Cowboys defense needs to be all over Russell Wilson. The pass rush needs to apply pressure. That defensive line has to wake up. Absolutely has to. It's going to take at least six quarterback sacks. They have to sack Russell Wilson. They absolutely have to do it. If they cannot do it, there's honestly no way this Cowboys team will have a chance. If if they manage to win the game without sacking Russell Wilson, well, you know what? That's just another miracle, and it's amazing that in two weeks in a row, miracles happen again. I mean, it's, in my experience, you don't see miracles happening two weeks straight. You see a miracle one week, and the next week you see the effort being put forth. Aside from the sacks, folks, that's important. But what's even more important than a quarterback sack is forcing turnovers. If they can put that much pressure on, on Russell Wilson and then sack him... If they can make him fumble the ball, cough it up, and they can recover it, that would help the Cowboys. And what would even further help the Cowboys is that they can score points off those freaking turnovers. That's key, folks. 
in my opinion. If you force a turnover, don't take advantage of it. Take full advantage of it. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. It's very simple, folks. If you force a turnover, taking advantage would mean you settle for a field goal. Taking full advantage of it means you go the whole nine yards, you score a touchdown. That's what the Cowboys need. If they force a turnover, they have to turn that into a touchdown because like I explained to James uh, in our recap from the Falcons is that the Cowboys need to make the most of it. They have to be at least two steps ahead. So if the Cowboys are up by one touchdown, they force their turnover, they score a touchdown and have a 14-point lead, that is being two steps ahead. And if they can do it again, force another turnover or force a stop, and score a touchdown, now you're three steps ahead. So not only should they force turnovers, but if they can stop the tough Seahawks offense and then waste no time scoring, that's going to put them multiple steps ahead. But at the same time, the Cowboys have to stay focused because the game is not over until the clock hits 0-0-0, quarter number 4, and the referee blows that whistle. That's obviously a lesson that Atlanta was not aware of last week. Now, some might say they did not take their foot off the gas pedal. Maybe the Cowboys just outplayed them. The Cowboys just all of a sudden woke up. All that could be true. Maybe the Falcons took their foot off the gas pedal. I mean, I didn't see it that way. Some people probably see it that way. But you know what? Everybody has their view of the game. And I respect it. In my view, I just say the Cowboys just pulled their heads out of their butts and finally played some effective and some sublime football. This is America's team. The Cowboys need to show the world that they are America's team. It's time to bring back that hype, that potential, that ability to play. It's been 25 years since we've seen a Super Bowl caliber team. And many people are saying that the Cowboys are close, but guess what, folks? How many times have we said it coming into a year where the Cowboys have so much potential and we're all convinced, oh, this is their year. They're going to win it all. They're going to do great. And what happens every year, huh? Our hearts are broken. For some, our hearts are torn out. Enough is enough. It's been too long since we've been to a Super Bowl. It's been too long since we've been quite a convincing and effective team. The Cowboys have to win. Now, the Mike McCarthy era is not starting in the best way. Granted, I mean, even I'll admit I'm shocked and disappointed because this is not the Mike McCarthy that I saw in Green Bay. But let's keep in mind, folks, in Mike McCarthy's case, this is not Green Bay. This is not Lambeau Field. This is the Dallas Cowboys. And it's been a tough offseason, you know, no preseason, not the usual training camp. Now, this may sound like an excuse, but when things are not done the way everybody is used to, it's going to cause some sort of effect. But with all the talent and the potential that the Cowboys have, at the end of the day, there really is no excuse. But we have to give the Cowboys credit on one thing, that they something that they seem to have. That is resiliency. But like I mentioned earlier, it's about the chances that you have and the, and the question if whether or not you can take the chance. Because what's the point of having good resiliency if you're not going to use it to the full extent? 
if you're not going to make it mean something. If you're resilient, but you don't take your chances to win the game, it means absolutely nothing. So the Cowboys have to win. And I believe they can. But as far as making an official score prediction, really, I can't do that right now. Because I haven't put enough thought to it. And I'm sure by the end of this episode, I will have a prediction. And it's going to shock some people, I guarantee you that. Because that's just what I do. Now, I need to take a moment and talk about Dalton Schultz. As many of you might know, or may not know, I wrote an article for the sports website that I write for, Primetime Sports Talk. And I wrote an article about how Dalton Schultz has the opportunity of a lifetime. Well, he does. Dalton Schultz has been with the Cowboys since 2018. We drafted him in the fourth round out of Stanford University, and he had the chance, you know, he was one of those guys that the Cowboys would bring in because the Cowboys were searching for the man to take over the throne of being the star tight end as the Jason Witten era had been over. Now, Witten did come back last year, but now that really that top, the situation had come for real, that he, that he had left to go to the Raiders, it seemed that Blake Jarwin was the guy. He was coming this season as the starter. He had tons of potential this year. Unfortunately, Jarwin suffered a torn ACL on a non-contact play, and he's out for the season. That strikes a big blow to the Cowboys, but you know what? Dalton Schultz is still there. And if you ask me, Dalton Schultz was very underrated because it's true. His first two seasons in the league, he saw very little to absolutely no action. A lot of people question, why the hell is he on the team? Why are the Cowboys keeping him around? Well, guess what, folks? And now you have that answer. In case the starting tight end goes down. It's about having a plan B in every possible scenario. The Cowboys have to have the next man ready to go. One man goes down, the next man comes up. And Dalton Schultz is that man. I believe in this guy. I do. Now, people people might say, yeah, he went to Stanford, he's a smart guy. Okay, well... Yeah, he went to Stanford, so I'm sure that he's a smart dude. But that's not what it's about. It's, that it's the fact that he is talented. I mean, he was drafted in the fourth round, but you know what? Who cares? There's guys that have been drafted in the seventh round or haven't been drafted at all that happen to be way more talented than a first-round pick. Now, I'm not saying that about Dalton Schultz. The bottom line is he's a guy that if you give him the chance, if you believe in him, he will make you proud. And that's exactly what he did against the Falcons. Six catches, 88 yards, his first career touchdown. He was prepared. He came in that game prepared. Now, he did make the mistake early on. He had that fumble, and James and I talked about it. But you know what? It's okay. It happens. Because the bottom line is, in, in Schultz's case, he picked it up. He rectified his mistake. He made the most of his opportunity. He is on his way, ladies and gentlemen, to earning his respect. So, for Schultz, he has to keep doing it. So, earlier I predicted that my, get Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb will each have 100 yards. Well, I'm not going to predict the same thing about Dalton Schultz. But I will state that I believe that it's a strong possibility that he too has a 100-yard game. 
The Cowboys are full weapons on offense. Now, since I said 450 yards, maybe I should have cleared that a little bit. I th- think I might, you know, it's it's honestly, it's silly. I've been, I already forgot my own prediction. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to see how I make it clear. Now, Prescott throwing for at least 450 yards, if I said that, well, that's still possible. But what I would love to see, and I'm sure a lot of you Cowboys fans love seeing what I'm about to talk about, Ezekiel Elliott on the screenplay. How many times have we seen Zeke so hungry that he takes a screenplay, he breaks free, he has an amazing play. When he scores on a touchdown, when it's 80 yards and a touchdown, I absolutely love it. Now, as far as that goes, that's possible Zeke could have that kind of game. But with the secondary, the Seahawks secondary being the way it is, I would expect Mike McCarthy, I would expect Kellen Moore to u- utilize a strategy to where they have to go deep. Now, Prescott's not the best guy when it comes to deep passes, although he made that amazing one with Amari Cooper. <coughs> Excuse me. But if Prescott can make these deep plays and wear out that Seahawks secondary, well... Just think of everything else I can do. Like like I said, if that happens, if they're exhausted, Zeke can run the ball and further exhaust that team and run the clock down, and the Cowboys win. The Cowboys' offense is likely to have an amazing game. But the truth is, nothing is guaranteed. Because how many times have we seen the Cowboys go into a game with all that potential, all that hype, against a horrible defense, and then the Cowboys' results are mediocre to absolutely poor, it's happened before. I'm not saying it's going to happen this Sunday, but what I am saying is, while what I'm saying is merely a prediction, at the end of the day, all I can say is we'll have to wait and see, but the Cowboys' offense can do great things. But the question is, will they do it? Well, that remains to be seen. Let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks. I mean, I gotta make predictions on the Seahawks too, to be honest. Russell Wilson is definitely gonna have his way with this Cowboys defense. Through his arm, running game, this could be a high-scoring game for both. This could be a this could be decided with a last-second field goal, or maybe Dallas, you know, attempting a rally to come back, uh, coming back, or maybe just falling short. But I'm going to make a prediction that, and this may not make everybody happy, but unfortunately, I have to go with Seattle winning this game. But you know what, folks? If the Cowboys win, I will be the first to say when, when I recap this, this Sunday, I will be the, fir- I will, the first thing I will do is admit that I am wrong. Because there'll be no point of me denying it anymore. I've said it. I have Seattle winning. With a final score of 37-34. But if that happens, the way I see it is the Cowboys don't just lose the game. They go down in a losing effort. Keep in mind, folks, a losing effort can sometimes be something not to be ashamed of. Now, I'm sure some of y'all are very disappointed in me that I'm not picking the Cowboys. But look. 
I can't just be full-on Cowboys fan mode. I have to be realistic. And since Dallas doesn't have the best track record of against Seattle in Seattle, I mean, that really goes against them. That's why it's fair for me to say that Seattle comes on, on top. Dallas falls to 1-2. and two. But Dallas has, have, will have an upcoming game against the, against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns at home. And they'll have their chance to make up for it. And then possibly hope, and then maybe be 2-2 two and two by the time four games are over. Now, if the Cowboys win, and, if, and I hope I am wrong, then again... I'll admit how how wrong I was, and you'll just simply hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed my Cowboys and Seahawks preview. Again, I'm sorry that Wiley, aka the Venomous Stare, Stare, excuse me, could not be here tonight. Wiley, I hope everything is okay. I look forward to having you back on the show, and I'm sure our followers look forward to listening to you again. Folks, you have a good night. We'll talk to y'all soon. Go Cowboys!